Playing Our Darkness is the title of the fourth episode of Becoming Elizabeth, a series on stars that premiered in June that chronicles the ascension of power of Queen Elizabeth I, as well as the dysfunction of her family. It's July 6th, and you're listening to today's episode. about Queen Elizabeth early years. This was a real test of my 16th century history knowledge. And I mean, going in there sort of as a layman, I was able to sort of ascertain by the end of the episode who everyone was, um, who was of focal value, and then also like where they stood in regards to like what their relationship was to one another, because everyone seems to be related. And I did remember um, from school, like the rise of Protestantism and like how there was this old guard, new guard type fighting that was going on, all these wars that happened where you had one family basically in charge, but that they like split. And so I think that's just Mary and uh, Edward that we watched yeah. in this episode. So yeah, much like, that's well, about what I, I understood. And then also I know that there was like shows like the Tudors that existed. And then I remember the other Boleyn girl that, and that was actually like the preceding generation. That was actually Elizabeth's father. That was part of that. So okay, so yeah, you learned about that. The Anya Rees, the person who created this show, also the writer and executive producer, kind of like you knew some stuff but didn't know too much about her early years. And then when she was given the show, she was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to actually like I really want to tell this story when she was learning more about the facts. And then Justin Chadwick, the director, I originally thought was Justin Chatwin, and I was like, wow, he's actually gone into directing now. But no, he's just been the person that has directed things like EastEnders, Biker Grove. Um, four episodes of Tin Star, and uh, the most one that he's known for is Bleak House. Did it feel oh, like really? Shows? He's known yeah. for Bleak House, the yeah. Charles Dickens thing. Well, mm-hmm. that was centuries later, but it did have a similar vibe because the Bleak House is very bleak, dreary, gothic. Like, the temperature of the whole thing is almost, like, rainy, but without the rain. I heard about that, yeah, because um, I know that the Tudor, like, kind of generation, at least, was very colorful. Yeah. And and I know that some people were kind of annoyed that they did go with that kind of gothic look instead of making it as colorful as it usually is. But I do know the Tudor show that existed before that was very bright, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so going along with that, I thought this might just be another stuffy British period drama. I wasn't sure what I was getting into. Wait, is it not? Yes, it is actually, but it's not entirely like there's more life to it than I gave it credit for, at least within the 15 minutes, about the 45 minute mark when something big happens. That's when I'm like, okay, it's probably the biggest thing that's happened in this show so far. Really? Catherine's death? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It came as a shock to me because they didn't really uh, foreshadow it. In the same way, like going back, I can see how they were making a big deal about certain things that she was that she was in love with Thomas and that they were finally happy together. And now just to, when everybody but it came out of the blue, it wasn't think, like she was really, really sick in this episode. I, I think, think people are happy about it because Catherine Parr has definitely been a divisive character. A lot of people think that there was really like no reason for her or that they didn't do enough with her character and that she was kind of slowing the story down. Those are like two competing points though that she wasn't important enough or that she could have that's been. what i mean by polarizing no, no no but i mean like in history where does she sit <laughs> oh well i think in history she's seen as like an actual important figure but in the show they didn't feel like she was portrayed correctly well my issue wasn't really with her it was with thomas i'm, I'm not a huge yes, fan yeah. of him but we'll get into that so should i just jump into yeah, the synopsis okay the episode begins at Chehunt Manor, where Princess Elizabeth has been banished. It's Sir Anthony's estate. She has no access to the court, 
besides the letters that she's writing and the visitors that she's getting. It doesn't seem to be too far away from where her brother and her sister and everybody else is, but they act like it's Siberia. Did they say when the date was? Uh, no, I just kind of was able to estimate it. June 1548. 1548, so mid-16th century. She wants to leave, though. Like, she's in her letters, I think, pleading for people to let her go and, like, go back to court and have a life and stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's not exactly sure whether she's being held there, whether Antony is a host or a jailer. That's the way she puts it. And then Catherine's not responding to her letters. Catherine's that, that actually part isn't actually true. Catherine did respond to her letters. Uh, she talked about actually wanting to see her and the rift that caused so much tension between yeah, them. Yeah, she didn't seem like an evil person, but she did seem like, like Thomas is such a flirt with everyone that like I can see why that would be an issue to have them both back so i I wouldn't think that i it made sense why Catherine wasn't responding she's also technically her mom her stepmom because she was the last wife of her dad yeah right right. henry whatever um yeah anyways also elizabeth is late so that affair that she had with thomas i'm assuming she might be pregnant and so she tells her handmaiden or the person who's like taking care of her should we fetch a woman and that is code for should we find someone to do an abortion for me which i feel like the procedure back then must have been way less safe yeah and also the handmaiden warns them like if this gets out it's both our heads and so what elizabeth does is she locks up and she doesn't say it tell anyone no that's not she does the exact opposite everyone who comes to visit her she's like do you want to know a secret can i trust you oh i don't care if i can trust you so so like mary comes to visit her later on in the episode that's her sister and obviously there's this warring between the three of them however they're trying to remain civil to each other and so mary's like don't tell me your secret okay i don't want to have that power over you because i will use it and then later on one of her friends pops up who clearly likes her as well he's like the son of a duke or something and she's like I have a secret for you. And then she tells him and then she bleeds, which this was in other Prince. terms. She this. has her period. And then we realized she was never pregnant to begin with. So that kind of felt like it wasn't super important in the end. It but, felt like the side storyline. Well, no, it was the main. It started off that episode being like, oh, she might be pregnant. By the end of the episode, the whole thing is like she's not pregnant. And so when Catherine dies, though, she bequeaths Catherine bequeaths everything to or it all goes to Elizabeth. And so then Elizabeth takes all her power and her house and kind of just moves back to court and she's not pregnant. And so now she says the previous version of her, the naive version of her that we've been watching all show, I assume is now dead. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So the other storylines though, is that we have Edward, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a young King. He reminds me a lot of the disenchantment King uh, Bean's stepbrother who takes the throne after the King himself has been killed by the advisors and these advisors in this show are sort of Games of Thronesian. They're like Littlefinger and Varys. Um, oh, okay, so they have like an evil side to them. Yeah, the Lord Protector is definitely a manipulator. Like he's definitely got his hands in everything. He's even hired this spy named Pedro to uh, hang around Mary to kind of control her so that she doesn't push her religious motives too much because she's all in favor of the Catholics. Right. And the Catholic Church is being like swarmed and ransacked all the time. Like we see this priest in one of the earlier scenes get his eye gouged out with the bejeweled like holy cross <laughs> that the guy is stealing. He's like whack. So it does get violent. Uh, I, I guess I, that's about as violent as it gets. Um, and then after that, we see Thomas, Catherine and Lady Jane, Lady Jane being played by the girl from Game of Thrones. 
And also, Edward VI does also remind me of Joffrey a bit, which I'm sure that <laughs> comparison's been made a lot. Yeah, there, there was a character, or not a character, like a real-life person named Thomas Kramer, who actually isn't in the show, but he was such a big part, I think, of, like, kind of King Well, Edward VI was, was a real person, though. Yeah, no, yeah. But, yeah, they both were. But, like, Thomas Kramer was such a big part of, kind of, his uprising that some people have been surprised that he really just isn't in oh, the show. Oh, that he hasn't shown up yeah. yet? Sometimes you have to admit characters. They did the same thing in The Crown. But I understand that the crown is more recent history, so that that's probably more of a problem. Right. This, it's like everybody's dealing with kind of blurry history and not exactly sure for 100% what's happened. Right. You know? So uh, Edward is promising that this new religion, uh, Protestantism, is going to take over because Catholics are corrupt and that like all the money has been going to the church or it's actually been going to line people's pockets as opposed to. So like it's this whole rebellion and this new uprising of a, of a new religion that's coming about. That's just one of the major themes of the show. We flip back to now the soap opera part of the show, which is Thomas and Catherine's love story. Lady Jane is also there. Lady Jane, like I said, was played by the Game of Thrones little girl who's now a little bit older. And so when Thomas and Catherine are fighting, Catherine mostly because she's just mad. She's receiving these letters and she feels bad for what she's done to Elizabeth, but she still loves Thomas the smooth talker. And I just don't like Thomas because he just feels like a manipulator. Oh, well, you're not supposed to. He's the main yeah. antagonist of the show. Yeah. And, and like within the first in episode. He's extra nice to Jane, but you can tell it's like with this. I, by the end of the show, I wasn't actually sure if he was 100% the villain. Oh, he, he's supposed to be, yeah. In history, he's seen as kind of a heinous character in episodes two. He's the Rasputin. <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be kind of a different episode because in episode two and three, it was all about Thomas and Elizabeth. Like, they had multiple scenes together, but this one, they're supposed to kind of be split up the whole time. They don't share any scene but the last one together. And, and Catherine, we know, is head over heels with Thomas, even though she's getting mad at him. The real question that they leave you with is once she has the baby and they have this one-on-one -on -one touching, uh, I love you, I love you, I love you, back and forth, and then he goes and parties with the boys downstairs, the Dukes, and, like, has drinks, and then he just comes back. You do feel bad for him because, like, his wife just died out of nowhere. And I understand, like, there could have been internal bleeding, there could have been an infection, but back then they didn't know. They just called it a fever, mm -hmm. and they were yeah. just like, we don't know, she's dead. <laughs> and so... Uh, yeah, it just came out of the blue. Thomas feels bad, though. He he talks to the Lord Protector, his brother, about it. Um, and uh, they, he, his brother is basically like, you did not will this into existence. Catherine died because she died. That's, yeah, her, that's about it. Yeah. And then by the end of the episode, we see Thomas doesn't actually feel too bad about it because, well, Mary comes back to see Edward, her brother, who she has the most difficulty with because of his advisors in his ear. Right. And she's like, whoa, 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 let's put this all aside. Let's try to mend things right now. This is before she knows Pedro's a spy and that uh, the Catholics are really, really, or that the Protestants are really, really, really trying to get one over the Catholics. And uh, she's like, let's enjoy something together. And so what do they do? They, they enjoy a cockfight, which... <laughs> Yeah, so they bring out these chickens, and those are, like, trying to kill each other. She did, she did enjoy cockfighting and when watching it and everything. Yeah, like yeah. in history? Yeah. Not the actress? Okay, yeah, so <laughs> we watch that happen, and while that's happening, we find out that Pedro is actually undercover, that he's the spy, and that, uh, that he doesn't feel particularly good about it, but, like, the Lord Protector is really trying to field any information that gets to Edward and just, like, circumvent anything that's happening. Why? I don't know if he's like... particularly evil, but he might just want power, you know? Again, mm -hmm. Littlefinger-ish. 
And then Mary confronts Catherine after the 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 fight and yeah, mm. that that was fictitious. That didn't actually happen. <laughs> well, it wasn't very long. It was only basically her being like, "Why is Elizabeth still stuck where she is?" She's she's basically pleading on Elizabeth's half where behalf wherever she goes from Edward, who thinks that Elizabeth has betrayed them because she's just absent, to Catherine, who she's just like, "Just forgive her already," I guess. <laughs> and then uh, that's where she calls her mom, and I was like, "Wait, what?" They're like ten years difference in age, and then I realized this step parent type thing. Yeah. Um, so then Robert Dudley, that's the name of the guy who's the Duke's son who likes Elizabeth and went to visit her. He teaches Elizabeth how to make, like, quail sounds with her hands. Mm-hmm. I'm only saying this because, like, this is the parts of the show that, like, really humanize it versus the Thomas Catherine love story, which just was overbearing. Yeah. And then that was before she got her period. Once she got her period, Elizabeth did. Uh, then we get another Thomas scene where he shows his butt as he jumps into the water. And I'm just like, is this really what the show really wants to highlight right now? <laughs> Catherine um, dies. And then Elizabeth, when she gets to Catherine's place and sees that her letters were open but not responded to, I think that was the thing that like pushed her to be callous or like to be stronger. Um, kind of wait how did that make her stronger i feel like she'd be angry by that because she already knew that her letters were being sort of ignored but seeing that they had been opened is kind of like an extra slap in the face Mm. maybe maybe she also found it like this person's dead and now i have to just kind of grow up you know i can no longer pity myself and so then elizabeth goes back to court she confesses in front of edward to kind of do her full apology for being absent all this time and that there was all this gossip about her and whether or not she was pregnant i wonder how that got out and then she was like but that's not true and i want to pledge myself to you i am here for you and then uh now that she has her nice place and she's got her position back next to edward because he of course forgives her the last second is thomas whispering in her ear that he wants to marry her yeah and he did well he did marry her no he did want to marry her well it was kind of just a last second thing it was like all the goodwill he may have earned from showing his guilt or being sad about his wife just made it seem like he didn't want to leave the house yeah i mean like it's like he really liked that manner (laughs) (laughs) i I don't think that it was just the house i think he really did like elizabeth again though he's supposed to be seen as like a really creepy dude like did they say how old elizabeth is in is in the show she seemed like 19 19 Yeah, yeah she was 14 okay well i mean they aged it up a bit the person who seemed like they were 14 was definitely Jane. Lady Jane seemed way young. And the Duke even asked her as he was driving away, the one who took her back mm-hmm. when Thomas, she didn't want to leave Thomas um, after Catherine's death. He was like, did he touch you? And she was like, no. And that was about it. But uh, yeah, he, he seems like an asshole. And I think that's to like pull in an audience. But at the same time, he's in a, because he's the villain. But like, yeah, I don't know. He, just, was, he, he was, was cheap. He was charming back in the day. Like in episode Ugh. two, I know that there, it kind of came under fire because at least one person who did kind of reviews for each episode but was a historian and kind of uh, that's how I got so many facts about what was real and what wasn't mm-hmm. was really mad over the fact that something that isn't really seen as consensual, especially back in like the 1500s with uh, Elizabeth and Thomas Seymour was made consensual on the TV show, that relationship. And then Tom Collin actually left a comment on that video, and they kind of both had a cordial discussion about it. Tom Collin said that really the series is supposed to be through Elizabeth's point of view. Which is weird because their discussion she clearly wasn't a part of. Like with Edward VI, we're seeing scenes with him and decisions he's making where maybe she was able to 
guess it, but like there was this yeah. clearly this clearly showed other things. There was there was definitely like times in this show, and that's why I was kind of confused because Anna Reese was talking about how she got like actual professors to be history consultants on the show that have definitely taken liberties. A lot of people have said that while there's definitely so the some main, true stuff. The main criticism is that it's not historically it's not accurate. As well, Tudors was not historically. Oh, accurate. this is definitely more historically yeah. accurate than Tudors. Yeah, like that was just supposed <laughs> to be some sex and swords and whatever else thrown in there just for fun. You know, well, like, like a Spartacus surprise, right? Huh? Also, surprise, right? I, I guess I never actually watched Tudors, but I've seen like enough clips from it to understand that the show was not this. Do you know where you've seen Queen Elizabeth from before? The actress is actually 24, and a lot of people have said it's weird how they cast someone so old who was supposed to be playing someone so young. But, um, I mean, no, I don't. She played Emma in Fury. She, the actual actress is German. And, uh, and I think that this is really, like, her first time or one of her very first roles being in, like, an American TV series, uh-huh. being the main role. Tom Collin has played in other historical dramas. He was in Downton Abbey as a dual role, Anthony Foyle and Viscount Gillingham. This did have the upstairs-downstairs thing, again, with a handmaiden. And then also, interestingly enough, at Sir Anthony's place, his estate, they really wanted Elizabeth gone as well because she was taking food out of the, the lower staff's mouths by being there because they just didn't oh, have a lot, right, a lot okay. of money. So I was thinking once she was bequeathed all this money, once she did earn all the, or get all this money, if she was going to give any to Sir Anthony. But well, I mean, that maybe I was just overthinking it. Yeah. It seems like she's going to be gained like a pretty powerful role. While she's the, the first... second most powerful person besides Mary now, because it's Mary, her and her brother. And there's this power struggle. Like there are several themes going on right now in the whole entire thing. But go ahead. Yeah. And Mary has been really liked by everyone. Yeah, she's cool so far. She hasn't done anything. She said, let them burn when she found out that uh, Pedro was a spy, though. Like she she was still friends with Pedro, but she's like, screw it. I'm done trying to make uh, headway with this relationship with everybody. But like whenever I read that people they, they're talking about how like it was kind of a Mary heavy episode and people were like, I really enjoyed that. Like people really like the this actress. was a Mary heavy episode. I think that some episodes to come as well, but she's been in more this episode than she was in the previous three. Yeah, I really think that the Catholic-Protestant battle is what's going to push the show forward because that seemed the more interesting portion of it other than their personal lives well, and you're, their love stories. You're midway through right now. It's episode four, and it's going to be eight episodes. And it It's was, a decent telling of history. Like, if you had no understanding of anything and you went and watched this, I feel like you'd walk away with some knowledge. Like, yeah. It would be all right. And I know they did film it in medieval places. Uh, through December 2020 and March 2021, they actually shot it at a place called Cardiff Castle. And then I, I was bringing up Tom Collin before because... One thing he said that kind of confused me is he said that the writing was sharp, but that it was also funny and humorous. And that's one of the reasons he took the role. And did it, did it seem like it was actually funny? More like situational humor, where it's just like back in the day, they were still doing kind of corny stuff like the cockfight. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess that's illegal now. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like they were doing like kind of things you wouldn't expect for royalty to do, but they were still enjoying it. Less stuffy. But uh yeah, there were several themes that they, they had here. I, again, the Catholic-Protestant one was the one that I think is the overriding factor. Religious wars in the background, because you hear Edward talking about those. The love triangles happening everywhere. Um, and then this power struggle, who's going to win? And then even throughout racism for when Pedro showed up. If you if you had to rate it, go uh, It was a six. But six. it flirted at points with a five and also a seven. So it kind of <laughs> flipped between places. Once it turned to Catherine dying, 
I was thinking, yeah, I can put this as a seven, but then it kind of did slow down. And that ending twist with Thomas was just enough to be like, no, this is definitely a six. It has a 6.4 on IMDb. The episode or the show? Uh, The show. Actually, this episode has the highest score. It has the least amount of reviews, but like an 8.3, I think the episode has. Yes. I think it passes to just as a watch, but not like a recommend. Yeah. Ron Tomatoes actually gave it like a really positive review. Uh, reviews. It's 83%, 62% audience score, but Vulture gave it like this episode a five out of five mm-hmm. so i guess that probably you, for the twist if, if i had been around for the whole entire right. time it took me a long time almost till the end of the episode to really understand where everybody was who everybody was and so i did not get the full impact of Catherine's death but i definitely felt something so it, it yeah i can see probably yeah if you've seen the rest i of really the liked the episode it also in a way reminded me of the billy the kid show and as way of being an yeah, origin story yeah they cast him really old for his age too mm-hmm. you said that she was supposed to be 14 in 14 yeah and she's 24 okay and he is supposed to be playing like uh, younger he died when he was like 21 or 19 or something mm-hmm. like that and he was he was being played by someone who's like 28 yeah, or something late 20s so yeah the age differences are going to happen in, in television can't, can't tell you more than that the only prediction i have is that i think that edward is just too dumb of a king they didn't present him particularly smart to survive very long. Mm-hmm. So if he's king for a while, it'll probably be the tenure of like six years. And okay. that'll be it. That's my guess. I mean, you could just look at history. I could. <laughs> oh, I, could wiki it. I also heard that people were like really mean to Elizabeth in the show. Just like all the, like, that seems to be all the Not time. in this episode. Not in this, this episode, episode, it felt like people were pretty nice. The only person who was kind of mean to her was her handmaiden when she was like, but for good reason. Elizabeth says, I'm missing my period. And she's like, don't tell anybody. And then she immediately like (laughs) tries to tell everybody. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know how Game of Thrones got trashed later on because of how quickly like conversations would happen. Like in the first season, people were really happy that it took uh, almost episodes or, or day lengths before people were able to speak to one another. Yeah, right. They kind of did the same thing here, but to the show's advantage where like people just kept on meeting with Elizabeth as if it was she was like 15 minutes away. Like it was just back and forth and back and forth, and so like so time, you got to know a lot time of moved really quickly, uh, fast enough. Days moved past fa- fast enough where like they were able to get stuff done. If this had just been a day by day thing, like a life in <laughs> the 16th century, it would have been an extremely boring show. So I'm happy that they did that, and because I was able to follow it, and I think anybody would be. Uh, but with that, I'll leave it. Thank you for listening to the episode. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.